Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of the Loose Change podcast, where we have a few guys just giving their two cents on everything hockey. Today, we got Braden, we got Stuart, and we got Tyler. Uh, Kai's sitting this one out, I believe, got a two-minute minor, so he'll be back for next week's episode. But we're going to jump into it, as we always do, with the second round, give our takes on what's going on. And we'll start with Carolina and the Rangers. Carolina being up 2-1 in the series right now. How do you guys feel about your initial picks? I believe Stuart and I both had Rangers, and then you had Canes in six, right, Braden? Yeah, and I'm thinking that it's going to be Canes in... It's 3 2 not. Two nothing right now. Three nothing. Two one. Two one. Okay. I'm then I'm gonna say maybe even five now. Haven't the uh, Rangers had a lead in every game though? Like, I'm pretty sure they've had a lead in all three games. They have. They've looked onto it. good. But to me, just watching that game, like what was it? Game two, where Shesterkin just stood on his head. Like he finally showed up, and yeah. then uh, like he can only do so much. And after that final goal went in, like you saw, like he looked so defeated. And it's more of, like that's the he has nothing left to give. Like he's done literally everything he can. And then, yeah, then some... he came back and then had a pretty good game three, I'd argue. You only let in one goal. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, though, that is that he's been two. good. He's been good every game. Like, this mm-hmm. series has been, like, he has been the goalie that, um, you know, I know I shit on him in the first round for, he wasn't very good, but he's been the goalie that he was in the regular season for this round. Yeah. But that being said, the rest of the team, um, the depth that, you know, the, the depth and the talent of the Carolina team versus the Rangers is just, it, it's a gap. It's a huge gap. Vegas has Carolina as the second highest favorite to win the cup behind um, the abs right now. Can you blame it? Like, and here's the thing too. It's not even just like, Oh, Carolina, they have an injured goalie too. Dude. If Freddie comes back, would you stick with anti Ranta? I would. What would you do? do? I don't know. Probably stick with Ranta. I think I know Freddie had an unreal regular season, but I've, watched freddie in the playoffs before mm-hmm. and we talked about this with mark andrew flurry and talbot talbot didn't play for what two weeks you can't mm-hmm. throw in a guy into a playoff game in the second round unless he's ready yeah. to go and i don't yeah, think the- you should lose your starting job due to injury but at the same time like it's not like anti rant is just some backup who's came in like this is a guy who's always been a strong 1b option arguably a 1a option and he just hasn't been able to stay healthy if it was game one i'm throwing it to freddie yeah yeah game four i'm not throwing mm-hmm. it to freddie no that's a good point yeah, if it's, it's game seven and you're like tied, like you, still, you don't throw it to Freddie. You don't throw it when you're losing in the series. Like the Penguins giving it back to Jari, obviously over Dominique was fine because that was a third stringer and your starters coming back. But yeah, like different Brandon situation. Anti Ranta is still a great backup. And I don't get why people were like, "Oh, they got to play their back." Like Anti Ranta has always been good. Yeah, like, so it's so often he's always been a great going, backup. Oh, they don't have their starter, dude. You have Anti Ranta. Like he wasn't he the starter for Arizona? Yeah. For a bit, and then he was just always injured. And he, like, yeah, he's always I mean, put up good numbers. A lot of people could start for Arizona. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Arizona has two starters a year at least. Yeah, but I guess throwing up a uh, save percentage above nine ten is something of a, of a is a bit of a different conversation to do on that team, okay. right? Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I wanted to say too. Oh man, you see, you see, uh, Gallant telling D'Angelo to shut the fuck up. Yeah. What a Ugh. oh man! Like it just makes me really dislike the Canes after so much goodwill that they've built up that they went out and brought that asshole on. And it's amazing how, regardless of oh, all the redemption stories here, oh he's been great teammate like this that he still just starts needless shit. That's just only bad spotlight. Like the guy's garbage. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna forgive him or uh, like him or cheer for him. 
And but you still think, this, despite how much you hate him, you recognize that Carolina is probably the better team. And even as a fan who's cheering for the Rangers, I recognize that Carolina's better team. But Igor, Igor can do it. He did it. I'm, game five, six, and seven against the Pens, right, Stu? Yeah, I'm still liking taking the Rangers in seven. Yeah, yeah. I can Another still down. See, I can still like it. But they're in MSG, right? For game four, pencil that as a Rangers dub. You hear to hear first. I love both these teams at home. And I think it might go seven because of it, because each team's going to trade jabs, each one winning their games at home. Exact same as the Boston series, except hopefully the Rangers win it back in uh, Carolina in game seven. Like I can yeah. see it going the exact same way. And I really, of all the series, this one I care the least about for yeah. sure. Like if I'm wrong about Rangers and we were talking next week, Carolina's one in five and Brandon was right. whoop de do. I don't care. This series I'm watching because of Igor and the Canes are fun to watch, no doubt. But I, either way, who wins? I'm like, yay, sure. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll use that as an opportunity to segue into the next series I wanted to discuss. Who? Because it's the one that I honestly, after game one and game two, I do not give a shit about. And that's the Battle of Florida. Mm-hmm. You don't? I, that's the one I actually liked. I've liked a lot this series. I am so upset because I remember watching game one of round one last year, the Battle of Florida. Um, and I may have been um, intoxicated on some marijuana. That, that does not said, sound like you. <laughs> it was the greatest game of hockey I'd ever watched. It was that game one, Florida, Tampa. Like I remember just sitting on the couch, jaw dropped the entire first period. Like, yeah, it's been a lot like, more like 90s style of hockey. It's just boring. I don't know. It was just so electric last year. And I was really expecting it. You know, I, I thought it would be like the Battle of Alberta. There's a little foreshadowing, but like I thought that it would be that good that we'd have these two amazing battles and it was on alternate nights too, and it was gonna just right. be yeah, yeah. hockey every night, and it's a snooze fest. And it, it, it's I, I don't think Florida's been dominated either, to just touch on them being down three nothing. Yeah. I, I don't think that he's been that significantly outplayed. It's that one team has Andre Vasilevsky and the other team has the corpse of Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, if and you've watched, saying, it's like, I heard some that's people the criticize me. Oh, Broski's done it before. He's been good before. Okay, Tyler Myers won the Calder as Rookie of the Year. The fuck does that have to do with him moving forward? He the did? shit's in the past. Yeah, he was Rookie of the Year. Think- <laughs> he probably beat being- out some superstar too. Yeah, like, I wonder who who I, didn't win that year. Okay, I don't, I don't want to say it. Because I'm, let me do a quick. You guys take over. I'm gonna double check on this. Keep talking, <laughs> but just I want to make sure that I'm right in this. Okay. Well, I'll touch on your point. The arenas are dead. Uh-oh. We just went from MSG and Canes, which each hit, each offside, each icing. And you just hear a rumble from the crowd. Battle of Florida. I saw a tweet yesterday. There was this a diehard Lightning fan, and he heard a Florida fan behind him say, "You know what?" Lightning's my second favorite team, so if they lose, I don't care. I guess that's what happens when you're in Florida. You don't really you throw in a hockey jersey, you show up, you don't care too much about the sport, so you're not going to be as loud as in Carolina and MSG, but that contributes to it. It's dead as hell in there. They're just like one of their teams is going to make it to the next round, like guaranteed. They're like, (laughs) I mean, whichever team makes it on the next round is the team I'm cheering for this postseason. So They have both jerseys, right? Screw it. Why not? They should just make a reversible jersey in Florida where you just like the <laughs> Maple Leafs Beaver jersey where you can just put it inside out into Florida Panthers jersey. You reverse it, you're back to Tampa. 
Yeah, did you guys see that video of that? There's one Tampa fan in that sea of Toronto fans, Maple Leaf Square, that changed <laughs> yeah. his jersey the second Tampa scores an OT. Hilarious. Just tuck move. the jersey off. Great. Smart move Great too. Video. Like he probably oh, yeah. saved his face doing that. All right. Yeah. I've got the I've got this list up here just as a quick a quick little throwback. So that year, 2009, 2010, uh, NHL season, Tyler Myers won the Calder Trophy for the best uh, rookie in the National Hockey League. Beating out notable NHL players such as Matt Duchesne, uh, John Tavares. He's okay. Jamie Benn, Eric Carlson, Victor Hedman. <laughs> what? <laughs> and if we really want to throw him in just because he's a good player or was at the time, James Van Riemsdyk. What you've done in the past doesn't matter for shit. To an extent, for sure. But goalies are voodoo. And we see that more than anything with Bobrovsky. Like it's that that's why they're losing. They don't yeah. have the goaltending. They just don't have it. Nope. And by the time you guys hear this, this is coming out the day after Tampa just played it back to back. It might be over already. So Tampa might have just, tonight. yeah, T- Tampa's yeah, probably run through done. them by now. On to the next round awaiting Rangers and Canes. But like you said, that battle of Florida stunk. Compared to the West, the West has been a lot better. I, let's talk about the battle of uh, Alberta. Uh, the battle of uh, the battle of Alberta. There you go. It that is, is electric. It's electric. That's what it was supposed to be. I do want to say, because last night was game three, mm-hmm. and um, Lucic could have absolutely destroyed Mike Smith. Mike Smith is an artist with how much he can, you know, blow things out of proportion. As far as, like, okay, did he run him? Yeah. To that extent, no, man. Like, that looked, no. that, that looked like a... Pretty big dive by Mike Smith. And I then Mike Smith yeah, dives care. and grabs his head on the ice for 30 seconds and then gets mad at the concussion spotter yeah. for taking him out of the game. Oh, Sorry, buddy, you were faking an injury for mm-hmm. your head for 30 seconds. You can't mm-hmm. do that. And he's I really wish like, I would have gotten scored on. It's amazing. As soon as he has to argue with an official, he's right back up. Yeah. He, he's fine <laughs> when he needs to talk to the ref. But, oh, my God, you touch him, he's down. I can't stand I don't know. I uh, He's one goalie who has this whole reputation as, oh, he's just so great at moving the puck. Is he good at moving the puck or does he just do it a lot? He does it a lot. He's not good at it. He does do it a lot. He does it a lot. And even I, it if was he's the... better than the average goalie, how does that make him like that much better for your team? I Dude, don't believe... was good at it. It does. It does. I'll, I will say if you have a goalie who can play the puck well, it makes a significant difference. Hell, they had to make up a new rule because the NHL just loves to, like hurting good players, but they had to make up a rule to stop how good Broder was at it. I hate yeah. the trapezoid. Stupidest remote league. Get It'd it be out. so fun getting the goalie into the corner. Let him go in there. Get it out. Let him do it. If he gets caught, then that's his problem. If he's really good, good for him. Um, but the one thing I wanted to say again, just touching on that Mike Smith thing, like I think it was the second Edmonton goal where it's a Calgary rush chance and somebody throws it on. Smith gets it. And uh, instead of covering up, there's kind of a Calgary player there. But he... He just pushes it off out of his glove and like hands it to somebody. Two plays later, it's up McDavid to Kane, and uh, it's in the back of the net. And it's like, who deserves credit for that goal? McDavid. He drew like three guys in in this beautiful pass to uh, shithead Kane. And as soon as it happened, I'm like, commentators are going to talk about how that's all because of Mike Smith because they love to just absolutely jerk those players off for making moves like that. And of course, 20 seconds later here, oh, you know, it couldn't have happened without Mike Smith playing the puck. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he gave it to a guy two feet to his left. Congrats. Um, I do want to say my prediction of Calgary completely running them out. Not looking good. Well, yeah, he, here's my thoughts. Thing. Last night, game three was terrible for the Flames. 
they looked bad. That didn't look like they looked timid. They looked extremely nervous. You know, Evander Kane got a natural hat trick in like four minutes. Yeah, I know. Don't bring up Evander Kane in front of Braden. He'll start cringing. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, uh, a couple more hat tricks and he can match the amount of abuse charges he has against him. Tweet that. Oh my God. I'm not wrong. Is it nine? I don't know how many he has, but he's an asshole. One is too many. So fuck him. Shouldn't be in the league anyhow. <laughs> um, but they didn't look good last night, man. Like, I can't remember if it was Rasmus Anderson or Shillington, but at the very, it was like one of the first couple plays of the game where he goes into his own end to get it. He grabs the puck and then he falls. Like he just stumbles, turns it over, and Markstrom makes a great save. But still, it was Shillington. They, yeah. It was a Shillington. Yeah, man. Like they just looked nervous. They looked so out of place. I didn't, I, you know, I said to my dad, I was watching with him. At the end of the first, I did not notice Matthew Kachuk. No, he was invisible. And that's one player who it doesn't matter if you can get on the scoreboard through goals or assists. You're Matthew Kachuk. Get on there with penalty minutes. Get on there with hits. I want to see seven hits, three block shots if you're not scoring. Dude, you're Kachuk. Yeah, you should be in the scrum after every whistle. Snowmake Smith, you should be doing that shit every single play. And I just, I didn't notice him. I Mm -hmm. legitimately had to check if he was playing because I thought he might have been injured. Um, even on the power play, they have them in the bumper. Yeah. And I think with players like that, they get a little iced out in the bumper when they're not doing anything. You have to be good. You're either extremely effective or you do nothing at all. Right. Like I think Kadri is one of the best bumpers in the league on mm-hmm. Colorado's power play. He is elite in the slot because he can go the whole power play without touching it, but he's just dialed in. I swear mm-hmm. he's watching the puck go from one way. He's shouldering guys. It's not the same with some other guys. I feel as though no. with, Kachuk, you kind of need the puck on his stick. Maybe get him going a little bit. I maybe yeah. see a change up there could do the trick. Maybe. And but to me, like you're Matthew Kachuk, you getting your game showing going shouldn't depend on how much possession you have on the power play. Yeah, totally. You gotta find out like you're Matthew Kachuk, find a way to get involved. Um and the, the the big thing I wanted to say too about my Calgary prediction, outside of game three, so I guess only game two and game one. Calgary's been the superior team by far, and it hasn't been remotely close. The only reason it's 2-1 Edmonton and not 2-1 Calgary is, for whatever reason, Markstrom just forgets how to play goalie against the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, this we've been talking bad about Mike Smith. He's mm-hmm. outplayed Markstrom. Yeah, and what... Which is such a too, rough thing to say. Mm-hmm. Well, I, uh, I, I heard... I can't remember where I heard it, but I went and looked up, and sure enough, he is, like, historically bad against the Oilers. Markstrom is. Markstrom is. Really? Back to the Canucks days, which, understandable, the Canucks, especially with Markey, were shit. You know, you're the Vancouver Canucks. How are you going to stop McDavid? But then even with Calgary, like, he doesn't play well against that team. And you're seeing that follow through into this series. Um, I think it's been good on Sutter that he showed up. Like, I, I think Sutter's been giving a lot of, I don't want to say leeway, but he's definitely giving a lot of support to Markstrom. Especially in the media. He has supported his media. goalie. Yeah. Game sure. one. Oh, why didn't he pull Marky in game one after letting up, you know, after they tied it up six, six from six, one. That was honest. God, like, I think that's good on center for standing by Marky. That would have been such a shot to the confidence. If you take him out. Ladar played game three. I'm not sure if you watched it. He was in after there. two, after two, they switched up. And that's yeah. when I kind of went, Oh man, like now that to me is the, you know, that's the, the canary in the coal mine as it were of uh, I think where Sutter's confidence is lying at right now with regards to Markstrom's play. That being said, you still must start Marky every night. Do you think oh, yeah. Markstrom turns it around? <sighs> I'm torn because I'm, I'm a Vancouver Canuck fan. I watched Markstrom, Markstrom start from, you know, this goalie who 
every first shot went in on his glove hand. He was terrible. I hated Mark Schmidt. I hated Mark Schmidt. He was terrible. I couldn't believe he was the centerpiece in the Luongo trade. And I watched him grow into this player who I went, this guy has a chance of being one of the best goalies in the league to becoming one of the best goalies in the league. And then the heartbreak with him leaving. I even uh, thought he was a Vesna nominee this year. He yeah, was on my ballot. He should have been, you know, he is a Vesna candidate. Like he's that good. So on one hand, it's, you know, we have the historical precedent, I guess, of looking at how he's played against Edmonton and going, maybe he doesn't turn around. But, you know, it, it's almost like Pedersen, I feel like, where you're too good not to turn it around eventually. Mm-hmm. But, but it's the playoff series. You only have seven playoffs. games to do it. It's not an 82-game series. It's seven, yeah. and at this point, you've got four left. And Three, really. Potentially two. Obviously, you don't have a good backup in Vladar. So it's Markstrom or nothing. And even with Markstrom being a Vesna candidate, you wouldn't want to go to a backup anyways. So this next game, if they go down 3-1 to the Oilers, that's not good. They need him to turn it around. And also they need more from Kachuk, like you said. And one more player that no one's really been talking about is Gaudreau. And I don't know why, because he's usually the nemesis for Calgary fans. When they don't win, it's Gaudreau's fault. But for me... He had a great first round. He's had a great first round, but you know it resets when the second round starts. It's game one, and he's had two bad games. He played good game one and game two and game three. He hasn't really been that effective. It was the same in round one, though. The same in round one. He had a slow. He had a bad first three games in round one too. That's true. So maybe he's just the second half series kind of player. I would expect him to turn around. He's got thirteen points in ten games so far. Like oh yeah. to, to me, that's, and obviously I know that's, you know, ignoring three games of this series, but he's, that's a guy who I think has kind of unrightly been given a lot of criticism for his playoff performances. Um, if you have, you know, if you make the playoffs four times and you're out in the first round three of those times, you got what, five games? Let's go average out five, six games. It's not like it's a, uh, that much of a foregone conclusion that you could just have two bad series. And now you get labeled. Oh, he's terrible. It's 10 games. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I don't think it's fair to judge off that. You know, Matthews kind of got that last year, the year before oh, he doesn't perform dude. Like it's seven games every year. Like he still performs. Like, I don't know. I, I think a showed that he can um, perform in the first round this year. And, Good players have cold streaks. I think that's all it is uh, as far as his performance goes. I think he'll get better. Well, you what you say he has 13 points in 10 games? Mm-hmm. What does McDavid have? Something stupid. I want to, yeah, McDavid is, we were talking before the show about how we thought, oh, you know, this year Matthews really closed the gap between him and uh, him and McDavid. You know, Especially maybe... as a Leafs fan, I was watching oh, every game. Yeah. I was like, this guy is the best player in the league. Dude, 60 goals. <laughs> Yeah, no, Connor McDavid is the best player in the NHL, and it's not remotely close. <laughs> it's not close. No. Matthews, sorry. McKinnon, sorry. Crosby, it, nope. It's McDavid by a mile. And some people thought Dreisaitl was better than this guy. Ha! Ha ha! I do want to shit on Oilers fans who say that Dreisaitl is better than Matthews. But uh, McDavid has 23 points in 10 games. And yeah, thank Holy God moly. that the NHL is finally calling penalties in the playoffs against Connor McDavid. It's a complete insanity that I uh, ignoring this year, last year and the year prior that McDavid didn't draw a single penalty in the playoffs. That's ridiculous. Like every ref that ref in those series should be fired for that. You should never ref an NHL game. Yeah. Thank God they're finally, And even then 
you know, it's been what two penalties a game. It seems like he draws. It should be four. Yeah, he's they're getting close to what it needs to be for sure. Mm-hmm. And Edmonton is benefiting a lot from it. What would they have lost in without McDavid? LA win five in the first round. They wouldn't have made the playoffs. They yeah, yeah they, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. the playoffs. If they made it and they got injured, they would have lost in five games. Maybe got swept. This uh-huh. Calgary series, he's the only reason they've won the two games. That's driving Mark from being bad. This guy is more valuable than any player, any goalie I've seen on any team in my life. Yeah. Oh, Kane's got a hatchet. Dude, put me on McDavid's wing. Drive the net and you're, he's going to find you. It's amazing. It's amazing. He'll bounce it off your shin pad on purpose into the net. You know, defenseman, defenseman won't be looking for you. There's going to be three people locked in on McDavid so you can skate wherever you want to. It's, it's, it's insanity. Like You just watch the game and oh, there's McDavid. And I want to touch on this too in a second. But... You know, it, it's like a, it's a rush. It comes down, and somehow he draws three, four guys all into him, completely wide open. The cane, and you know, it's the the ability to draw that much attention is just next level ability. And the other part I wanted to touch on was I, I want to bring Ovechkin and just into it because we always talk about you know how do teams forget that Ovechkin's on the ice in the power play? He's in one spot. He doesn't move. How do you forget that he's even there? It doesn't make sense. Every single time there's a tweet about mm-hmm. it. Uh, look, how is Ovechkin, the one with 700 goals, alone at the circle? But the thing too is when watching, you know he's there. It doesn't. You even just on my couch, I'm able to go. There's Ovi. Yeah. And last night, what really stuck out to me, like game three again, what stuck out to me was McDavid's ability when he doesn't have the puck to move where he is and just slip into spots where you completely forget that he's even there. Yeah. Like how do players he, do that? That's the, disappears, do that. he disappears into the crowd so well. I'm watching he's down in the left corner. And then all of a sudden, like I just see him pop up and he's up by like the right defenseman. And I'm thinking you're a centerman. What the hell are you doing up by your right D? And then all of a sudden flies in, grabs the puck, comes out of the, you know, puck comes out of the corner from Hyman or whoever throws up into the slot there's mcdavid pulls three guys over onto the right wing back across the slot and in mm-hmm. it's incredible yeah honestly i'd say through the first month and a half of this podcast we have not given him the credit that he's due i've shit on him a couple of times for his lack of leadership which i still don't think is great i don't think he's a great leader yeah no, I'm I, on top. yeah it, but this guy I'm going to say it is far better than my favorite player in Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. He is clearly the most superior player in the league. And if he doesn't win eight hearts, three Stanley cups, uh, a few rocket Richards, it's going to be a travesty or due to injury or him not requesting a trade from Edmonton eventually. Yeah, dude, he should win the heart this year. Oh no. Matthews had a better year than him in the regular he, season. In my he, opinion, he still, lead, he still led the league in points. Like I, it's just, it's that's the true. best player. No one really talks player. about it. It was the best player. And it's just like, that's the thing. It's like, Oh man, Matthews didn't, oh, and did he even have a better year? Yeah. 60 is hard to hit, but what do you have? 132 points. McDavid did set his career high in points. And no one talks about be, him being the MVP. He is the best player in the league. He, he should win MVP. Well, Does Edmonton make the playoffs without him? No. Like he, he, he should win the MVP every single year that he's in this league. Well, let me yeah. ask you this. MVP is very clearly going to Matthews this year because that's written by writers. They vote for that. The Ted Lindsay award is by players votes every single year. Granted, players can be a little lazy. They vote for Drew Doughty for the Norris a little bit, a lot in those player polls. But for Ted Lindsay, do you think McDavid has a chance there? Or is this going yeah. to Matthews as well? I think that... <laughs> 
again, I, I wonder how much the Toronto effect affects the voting among players as it does among media. Um, right. Cause some players like, you know, as we saw with Wayne Simmons, they relish <clears throat> playing in Toronto. They want to go beat the shit out of the Leafs when they're in Toronto. It, we saw with that Winnipeg Jets pathetic video. Shifley, oh, is there anything better than beating the, uh, you know, beating the Leafs? I don't know. How about making the playoffs there, Shifes? How about but, playing hockey anywhere besides Winnipeg? Yeah. How about living anywhere besides Winnipeg? But the point being is that, like, we know they hate the Leafs and that they love beating the Leafs. That being said, Matthews seems pretty well liked around the league. Um, yeah. It seems like all the players like him. They all think he's a completely talented, like, you know, he's an amazingly talented player. He gets um, respect. So he gets respect. Exactly. That's what I'm looking for. So I don't think that there's going to, I don't think we'd see that bias against him like we would with other players. I think he um, wins the 10 Lindsay because I think he was the better player. And I think NHL players will also recognize that. But you're yeah. right. McDavid in the playoffs has clearly shown he's the best player in, in the league and in the world still. Mm-hmm. McDavid deserves it. And that being said, let's move on to our, our final round and look at St. Louis, Colorado. The Benningtons versus the Kempers. It's been uh, it's been some good goaltending this series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Darcy Kemper just continues. To, that's another guy who kind of I feel like is uh, you know anti Ranta asking that he doesn't get the respect that he deserves, or like everyone knows he's good, but for some reason everyone ignores that he's good. Yeah, a lot of people's biggest problem with him is, is he's injury prone, and when your number one problem with a goalie isn't his lack of talent. It's, you know, it's a sign he's probably a good goalie. I find Arizona's really... backup. Or not Arizona, good God. Who's uh, Colorado's backup? Pavel Francouz. Okay, so Frank, is that who it is? Mm-hmm. He's pretty decent. I can't stand the injury-prone arguments. Like, I understand it and everything, but, like, it it hurts to listen to. It's like, that yeah. guy's clearly got talent, just if he doesn't get unlucky and get hurt. I understand that happens a lot, but, like... It's very lazy. It's, it, it's hard to hold that against a person. Like... Another person just that's injury prone that people want to get rid of is Zucker off of Pittsburgh, but was he was like Pittsburgh's one of the best forwards in the playoffs. Let him play. Like let Kemper be in his net. He's a great goalie. Let let him be good. Like Colorado absolutely made the right move by letting Grubauer go sign for six by six in Seattle. Oh, absolutely. Then they trade for then they trade for Kemper and he's making what the four and a half? For well, a couple more seasons. Like, yeah. It makes me wonder, you know, how much your system play affects your goaltending ability. Because I remember when totally. they took Grubauer, it was like, okay, Grubauer's like an okay backup in Washington. Yeah, he deserves mm-hmm. a chance to start her. But for a cup favorite team like Colorado to go to Philip Grubauer, I remember going, maybe not. It was off the out. radar for it sure. It was. And then he leaves and he's gone bad. And then we see Kemper come in. And I think Kemper had a better reputation and a better... Mm-hmm. Um, a more proven track record before coming in than Grubauer did. Oh, for sure. But I didn't expect him to be nine twenty one over a course of an entire season. Good, and no. he has been. And he's nine twenty six in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Benningtons a nine fifty four. But didn't he get injured? What happened there? Because I didn't watch last game. You said that Kadri threw a water ball at him. What happened with Bennington? Is he out? Bennington is a baby. And he threw one at a Nas. So. Uh, for those who haven't seen the play, including our two friends here on the pod with me, so <laughs> yeah, uh, puck's, go- puck's going towards the net, and uh, Biddington is like at the top of the crease. He's not out of the crease; like he's definitely well within his rights to play that puck. Um, you know, he's on he's on his knees, and Kadri's uh, driving the net, coming in from the left wing. Nas is coming left wing across, 
kind of diagonal from the uh, neutral zone, left face-off dot closer to St. Louis's end, if that makes sense. Sure. So he's coming in from there, you know, on a diagonal angle. And he's, people are going to, I don't know, when you watch it, it does kind of look like um, Nas hits Bennington on purpose because he's the first one in. He's not, um, or sorry, because Kylie Rosen is kind of closer to Bennington in front of Nas. But when you watch it, Rosen's coming in from dead center. If right. that makes sense. So he comes in and they both kind of collide right at the same time ish. Um, and prior to contact, I think Nas would have just skated by Bennington and into the opposite corner, but that contact with Rosen pushes him into Bennington. So he kind of um, gets like pushed hit or his momentum. Yeah, thrown and knowing towards. Nas for sure for with like, like that reputation. Cause I don't want to discount that. Is there a chance that like, you know, maybe Nas lets his skate clip Bennington. Yeah, for sure. You know, so you think something. maybe Nas hits him and then says, oh, well, I I'm hitting him. I think he's going for maybe a little like incidental, a tap, something to kind of just throw you off balance or piss you off. He's not trying to drive him. Right. You know, mm-hmm. He's not trying to drive the goalie. Like, you know, Lucic, that was driving the goalie. Right. And even though it was still weak, but that was driving a goalie. But what Kadri um, did ended up hurting Bennington. Like, Yeah, so he's got a, ni- or a right knee sprain. Um, mm. I believe it's a right knee sprain. Maybe it's left, but it's a knee sprain. He's out for the rest of the series. Wow, wow. Oh. The rest um, of the series, eh? So, Shit. oh no, we have to go to Vili Husso. But watching the, I don't know, you watch the replay a hundred times. <laughs> I don't, I get Blues fans are emotional and they're pissed off. It's pathetic. It's, you know what, I'm going to take the step there. It's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's racially motivated. Or at least a large percentage of it as far as how much people are going after Kadri. Hate, hate on Kadri? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that kind of play happens all the time. You can't tell me that was 100%. There's no way you can watch that and say that it wasn't on purpose without some bias. Right. Either if that guy's name is John you've got Smith, not Nazem Kadri. Maybe it's with different. With Kadri. Yeah. And you look at the way the NHL has treated Nas in the past. You know, players have done more and gone away with less. And it gets to a point where you have to wonder, is that the reason behind it? Yeah, it's I mean, a touchy least. subject, but I'm pretty sure like Nas's family has even brought it up on social media before. Yeah. Dude, there's people. It's gone to the point where the Avalanche are working with the police on threats that have been made, made against Nas. You can yeah. see it online. There's a bunch of racial I, stuff that is being thrown at him. I saw that there was a bunch of threats coming at him, and then uh, St. Louis's head coach was asked about it, and he just said he wasn't going to comment on yeah, it. Yeah, no comment. Like, just fuck you. Why can't you just just say like, yeah, don't threaten that guy for. It's easy Anything to condemn like, suicide or sorry, death threats. It's easy to condemn. Just be death like, threats. yeah, don't threaten his life. Be like, oh, I hate you, Kadri, because you ran my goalie. Yeah, and that's what the well, threat is. Like, here's the other thing: okay. is uh, with Craig Brubery, if we want to keep up the uh, racial stuff, um, you which know, I and, mean, uh, I'm not sure if we do. <laughs> well, just with that stuff and Nas. Um, back in 1997, Craig Brubery called a black hockey player that was on his team a monkey. That's not a good look. Nope. Piece of shit. And he goes, oh, it wasn't racist. It was just a cultural thing. That's what, that's what his defense of it was. Are you fucking kidding me? Should be a coach. Tyler, you're uh, no volume. Yeah, Tyler, you're uh... Uh, yeah, We can't hear you at all. I'll keep uh, going yeah, in the meantime. Fix your wire. Pretty rough take. Oh, well. But um, no, like, <sighs> to have that history there and you say nothing, no comment, it's pathetic. Yeah, you can't say no comment in that situation. Especially like, okay, if you want to play the it was a long time ago card, I didn't know I had to grow, which is you should know better at any point in your life. I don't give a shit. That was 97. Yeah. Right? We're 
what, 25 years later? You will know better for now. Can you really would have liked to see him do yeah, better. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure what happened there. If you if you didn't know better in '97, uh, you had 25 fucking years to learn. Know better now, and to just oh no comment. Why? Because you're mad that you thought he ran your goalie. In fact, the, the whole St. Louis team has been all it was on purpose. Cause you just be the shit. Look at his reputation, dude. Fuck you. I don't know if you saw the uh, Colorado's response with the Sam Gerard hit. Yeah, because no. Gerard's out now for the series too, right? Gerard's out, dude. Broken sternum. But oh, when he's... asked about it, um. Oh man, what's the Colorado coach's name? I'm forgetting his name. Um, I should know this. Bednar. Bednar. Yeah, Jared Bednar. He goes, um, you know, when he was asked about the Bennington hit, he said to me, "It's just like the Girard hit. It's an unfortunate circumstance, but there wasn't any malintent on either way." And like, dude, you're one of your best defensemen is out with a broken sternum, and you're sitting here going, "Yeah, like it happens." It it's a, a hockey play. I'm watching it. It was a hard hit. That was a clean. That was a completely clean hit. Not on the numbers. No boarding, no charging. He glides into him and he lays a solid hit. Yeah, sometimes injuries just happen. Sometimes injuries happen, man. Like it was a big hit. Now Guys that... out. And I don't know. I just think that St. Louis should have that level of maturity with it. Obviously, it's tough when you lose your starting goaltender um, because that's not as easily replaceable as a defenseman. But I mean, he wasn't hey. even their goalie for game one of the round one. So we got Huso back in net. No, I don't, but your goalie's got a 950. I don't want to discount that, but oh, for sure. I and then just what with what we see after with Bennington. Bennington is the biggest baby in the league. It's pathetic. I can't stand all those. So wait, he threw a water bottle this time at Cosby? Yeah. So for people who don't know, Cos was, was doing a uh, he was doing some interview or media availability after the game in the hallway, and uh, he got a water bottle launched at him, and Nas confirmed later on that it was Bennington that threw it. <laughs> what? So, Dude, you're injured with a knee sprain. You're gonna throw water bottles at the other team. Like, I fucking hate Jordan Biddington. The whole, you know, him going up with the all the, uh, you know, the faints at players. You remember that last year going up with? The oh, stick I couldn't and stand a bunch that. Of people. Or Somebody like, should just take a stick and a just stick. wail him in the side of the head. Lucic should run him next year. Somebody just run that asshole. That guy was a piece of shit too. I don't know if you've seen that guy's uh previously deleted now deleted tweets. I've seen some uh, rough ones. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. The NHL's full of pieces of shit. But uh, Bennington, just right now, I don't know how he's not the most hated player in the league. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be Marshawn. It should be Bennington, or it should be D'Angelo. I don't even think Marshawn's the most hated person in the league anymore after the Boston Carolina series. Yeah. People love Marshawn. He's it's done a full on WWE heel turn. Now he is babyface. People love but him. I just the fact that Nods gets more hate than Bennington does is just absolutely insane. And like I said earlier, I think I know why. You know, we've seen why a lot of that comes from. Or where that comes from, rather. Yeah. Colorado in six. What do you guys think? Yes. St. Louis has really impressed me with their ability to shut down the Avs um, and just completely slow the game down and really suppress chances in the in the defensive zone. But, again, I think systems can only go so far, and it's not like Colorado's got a weak system either. Um, True. Colorado's one of the strongest teams in the league. They're a cup favorite for a reason. I still go Colorado and so maybe seven now. Um, we'll see how Huso performs moving forward. You know, I think that the annoying part is that for the uh, for the Abs rather is that that Bennington injury and the lack of um, punishment for Kadri. While there shouldn't be any punishment, the lack of it was going to serve as a lot of you know poster board material for the uh, for the Blues move, moving forward. True. Yeah, that's fair. I wonder so- how nasty it gets. With, yeah, uh, I was gonna say like the games tonight or Monday night, like before we record this, uh, 
Were you expecting some nastiness then? From I think Saint so. Louis coming out just because the whole thing the is if you don't ref, if the refs don't police the game, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. The Blues feel like something you know that nothing was done and that they're going to go out and try and correct it. Did anything happen? No. Even then, does Nas? Let's say that you're going to punish Kadri for that because there's two ways you do it. There's a fine or there's a suspension. So let's start with the more serious one: suspension. Is that play worth the suspension? No, can't really comment on it. But I didn't I guess see it. But from, what you, but from what you've said, it doesn't really seem like you think it was intentional at all. No, it's not. And and again, even then, if we want to bring the playoff stuff into it too, and past reputation, what's a playoff suspension worth? Three regular season games, right? Isn't that what the calculation that they use is? Yeah. So is that worth three regular season games? No, it's barely worth one regular season game. Can't be worth three, so we can't do a suspension. Okay, let's go on a fine. Can you fine him five grand? Again, I don't think it's even worth a fine, but if you really just wanted to give some form of punishment, sure, fine him five grand. Who cares? Nas makes how many million? Does a fine, um, oh, what's the word? You know, does a fine, uh, just a, like, say, see, well, does it, does it, are the Blues happy with the fine? Does that make them go, okay, justice is served? No. No. I, no. No. The only way you do is a suspension. And it's not worth the suspension. So there's nothing you could do that's going to satiate the blues. There's the word I'm looking for. Right? How smart do I sound? <laughs> um, what word did you just use? Satiate. That was insane. Is that a real word? Yeah. But, you know, it's not going to make them happy. So there's nothing that can be done. And I think you should be expecting a lot of retribution in the game moving forward. Does that mean somebody runs Colorado's goalie? Don't think so. We don't really see any of that kind of stuff in the NHL anymore with tit for tat, but with the way the Blues have been acting and what piss babies they've been, you know, they're acting like they're piss babies starting goalies. So let's see what happens. Some old timey hockey. I'll tell you what, I feel good about my pick of Colorado and Tampa in the finals. It's what I had at the start of the playoffs. It's what I have now. I still like it. Yeah. We'll see how. Oh my God, I don't want to see. We'll see how Calgary and Colorado goes because who knows if both those teams make it through. Um, Daryl Sutter's been grooming the Flames all year for the ads. So I uh, I want to see that. I do. I, I still think ultimately we, ultimately we get that. I think Flames would win, man. I, t- I had Flames as my cup champs in my bracket. Yeah, but given how they played last night, not know, looking man. good. You got to bounce back. Yeah, but uh, well, let's move on. What, what, Tyler? What do you want to move on to next? Should we hit I, a couple contracts for our favorite teams? We got a couple quick ones we can hit off. Let's sure. do it. Let's talk about uh, Gio Giordano to the Leafs. Two years, and he signs for a million, according to Frege. I am so ecstatic when I see. No, this. it was eight hundred fifty thousand. No, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. Frege oh, okay. tweeted out a million, oh. and he says it was a million. Giordano storms in the office. He says, no, 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 Cal. You need that 200K to go get me some defense partners. You need that 200K more than I need 200K. I've made $56 already. I have the passion. That's what he said to Cal Dubas. Cal Dubas says, no, no, no. I want to give you more money. Giro says, no, give me 800K. The Spezza deal has paid off. We're getting all-star retired old people to join the Leafs for league minimum. It's what everyone said would happen. It's what's happening. Giordano on the Leafs next year. Leafs Cup. There's two things that stands out to me there. First, Leafs are winning the Cup. That's great for optics. 
you know, oh man, left money on the table to spend on the team. Yep. What the fuck can you do with two hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, I, I know what adds up. What a nice I know what adds gesture, up. But but like, what the fuck does two hundred thousand dollars do? Maybe you're cash shenanigans and calling up and sitting that. down. Yeah, they can do. But stuff um, the second thing, it, it really points to me. That Riley extension is not good, man. Wrong. That is not a good extension. Eight years. Yeah. Yeah, I don't love it, but I don't, I like don't think it, it's man. To be yeah. paying your number one defenseman that much for that long when that defenseman can't do that much in his own end. We disagree wholeheartedly on kill. him not being able to. Kill. He can get the puck on his stick and then he can get it out, but getting the puck off the other guy he struggles with. And we know that we do he not struggles. need him to play penalty kill. If you've watched he any of these games, their penalty kill is top three in the league. You don't need to add your number one defenseman to it. No, but it's your number one defenseman. I want my number one defenseman to be an all-around defenseman. If you have a number three penalty kill, you don't need to add your number one defenseman to it. I think you're you're making up boxes and lines in your head that a number one defenseman must fit into to get paid X amount of dollars. I don't think it's even necessarily that because, look, I'm a Canucks fan. Quinn Hughes, well, Hughes is playing the penalty kill now. <laughs> Not a big deal. But the thing, too, is that when I say penalty kill, it's also representative of just what their defensive capabilities are. Morgan Marley doesn't suppress... Um, chances that well when he's in his defensive end. I mean, he can get it bad. out. He can get it out. Him and Brody this year had like a fifty-eight percent expected goals the entire year, and that was their line for the most part. Yeah, I, but who suppresses really, the really chances better individually, Riley or Brody? I don't know. I don't know. I think it is a lot of his partner. Like, I do mm-hmm. think he should be paid a good amount. He's a great offensive defender. Oh, he's worth that deal. That's well, then, his market then value what are we talking sure. about? You just said he wasn't worth the deal. Well, I don't like the deal in terms of, I think he's worth that like for the next two years, but after that, that's going to get messy. That's one more. <sighs> I, yeah, but, see, the, but the Leafs can't not sign him in that scenario. They can't let him leave. Like, what are they going to do to replace him? Like, <laughs> I don't know. You got some... you're down enough for $800,000. <laughs> now you've got that much. How much? What's the deal worth? Seven? If we're talking, okay, I just back Seven up. Seven million isn't a lot for a number one. No, Defense. it's not a lot. It's not That's a lot true. for number one at all. It's Morgan Riley. He's really good. He play. He's probably the Leafs' fourth best player. It's the term I don't like. Okay, that's fine. But he's not going to be <laughs> shit in two years. Yeah, don't give term. I've seen it enough. As <laughs> someone like Tucker Pullman on their team for four more years, don't give Braden, term. It's but you're you do this. Let's we'll we'll transition away from Riley because it's ridiculous. You also said this about Rust. Yeah, I've the Russ contract I've seen is this how a many great contract. It's not. I've seen this how many times? Oh, it's a great contract. What, 6 by 5.2 Okay, what's going to happen when Sib retires and you have four more years of Brian Rust who I, doesn't have a player who doesn't have anyone to feed him? He doesn't drive play. Yes, he does. He does. Yes, he no, does. He He's a complimentary yes, player. Does. No, he, is, he does drive play, Braden. Have you seen a Penguins game? They won two fucking cups in the last five years. I assume you've seen some of them. Yeah, he doesn't drive play. Yes, he does. He does. Agree to disagree. But there's there's no guarantee that Sid even retires in three years. No, that's the only like, thing, right? Because Sid could play another ten. Sid's not going to. Sid's not retiring before forty or until he has no legs. Like I don't see him stopping to play hockey. That guy loves this. Like loves the sport. That's all he does. He's not retiring until he's useless. I don't like. I think it's too long. I, I mid tier contracts kill you. Yeah, but if the thing is, is Pittsburgh like. I don't, I don't see the problem in it because Pittsburgh's window is like 
three years and then what's the the bad contract is that you're a rebuilding team with a guy that's making five million bucks for three oh, more no, years you're overpaying a guy and he's gonna be dollars. an assistant captain like well, you can't move be... him there's it's a, you have no assets coming it back doesn't from that. you absolutely building you absolutely you could can absolutely move him. move him he would have I'm absolutely the got at like least six on the open market at I, least this is a such a frustrating argument too because you can just say no 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 to your boot in the face and we won't know you're wrong for five years yeah i'm gonna be right but now we have a podcast so mm-hmm. we can go back in five years and we can look and laugh at you because the cap by then is going to be 93 million and he's going to be making 5 million. Like that's just going to be standard for third line players in the future. It's and not, he's, no. he's well better than a third line player. I'm willing to bet right now too. Here's another one that's coming at you right, right now. Uh, the $5 million third, that no way you're going to see the middle class disappear completely. $5 million deals are going to be gone. It's going to be top heavy and then it's going to be fucking two mil. That middle class is already going away. We're seeing it right now because teams are allocating more and more of the percentage of their cap to their star players. Players yeah, want the max. Good does St. Louis's forward core look? They don't have who's making a lot of money on that team, really. Like who's making the bank? Like Terrence Sankle makes what, seven and a half? And that's yeah. their highest paid forward. I like, I'm just. They've also got an older team when those deals were signed back. I'm saying moving forward, I, this, is what I've, this is how I see going, provided the salary cap and, and its uh, form stays the same way. I think that you're going to see the all-star players taking more and more and that you're going to have a heavier reliance on you know, players coming up that are on their rookie deals and the fact that, hey, sorry, we can't pay you that much because we gave you know 60% of our cap to our top players. Here's what you get. And it's going to be the same everywhere else in the NHL. So no one's going to be able to give you that higher bet. I but guess so. It's like, it's an interesting theory, but it's not been proven at all in practice. The Leafs are the only team in the league that's tried that. As much as they worked. have, I would argue that Tampa has to an extent because it's, an, it's almost a new bottom six every year with them. Okay. Yeah, sure. But, but Russ isn't bottom six though. Yeah. That's what, that's kind of the point we keep getting. You think this is a, an objective like argument here. You mm-hmm. think that Rust is not a play driver, is a complimentary player, and is not worth any money, let alone five. You think that him at three million for seven years is bad. Like you just don't agree with I wouldn't, I wouldn't signing term. players is at he, all. Is, is is he worth five point two this you know this current year? Yeah, is he worth five probably worth next eight year? this year and eight the next year and seven the year after and six the year after and then maybe five and then maybe four and like. Like those I think are he's worth five point two for the next three years. After those three years, I don't think he's worth that. But much. that's you half the contract, and that's all of Sid's contract that's currently. Then you got two right years now. of negative value of contract you, deal. You think that you're not gaining? But then they don't have players anyways, there? and if they're just rebuilding, who cares? Like then they just have some guy making like a because million dollars more. Because then into what can the... you do with? Okay, because then here's the thing right there. Here, oh, if it's you're rebuilding, who cares? Your shit. You don't care about cap space. Here's two reasons why you do. One, if he's a bad player and you can't trade him for assets in a rebuild. He's not a bad player. He's br- Let's say, I'm us. just saying, because we're going this whole thing is that what Stuart's going into here is, that, okay, let's say that your scenario comes true and that he is bad. You're rebuilding, so who cares, right? That's the scenario, Stu, that you were just going on there, right? Yeah, Which but is I don't already think he's going to be bad enough to be not in the NHL. And worst case, there's two years left. I'm, but the Penguins He'll still be an NHL player. But my point being is that if he's not good at that point and you're in a rebuild, what can you do with that, Right doesn't matter you're in a rebuild you can do anything it you want does because no you can't just eat the just eat some it's contract then. if you, you think it's too much money eat 25 percent of the contract and their team's getting them for like under four do you, also, do you not think he's getting underpaid in the first year or you think he's getting market value this year no he's getting underpaid right now is he getting underpaid in the next year yeah then what the fuck are we talking about 
because of the future. Yeah, but it's the future doesn't thing. matter for the penguins. The it penguins doesn't, don't have I a guess future. Clearly, it doesn't matter for them, though, right? Like, they don't they have, have one. They have one forward signed three years from now. One. Like, why would it matter if one of them... Because to me, you're going to be entering a rebuild million. within the next bit soon. So to me, if I'm going to have a player that's on the book in four years' time, when I'm most likely going to be in the midst of a rebuild, what am I able to do with that player? What are Can your I other him? options? I don't think he's... Let I don't him, think, I think you're going to have to... I think you're going to have to add value onto that to move him in four years' time. Okay, let's say you don't, and he's just, meh, whatever. Okay, cool, you keep him. You do nothing with him. He's net zero, right? Here's hoping, yeah, he's still good, and you can trade him, and you get some money back. Even, let's say, worst-case scenario is completely terrible, and you're going, oh, who cares? We could just play him like we've got cap space because they're in the middle of a rebuild. Dude, yeah. You can go find fucking whoever for that. Yeah, but Brendan, it's only five million. It's not like he's making like eight and a half, nine. Five million dollars kills you. Not yeah, if you're on a rebuilding team. If you have seven people making five and you're trying to be competitive and you have stars to pay like Petey and Hughes from your Vancouver brain, it makes sense. I don't want to pay another guy five million, but when you have zero players signed. Because and you have a good you know player. Here's a perfect example. I watched Louis Erickson. They signed. Let me go on. And do I think it's going to be Louis Erickson level? No, no. I want to be very clear. This is just my point for framing here. We had him during a rebuild, right? We can all agree on that. We had Louis Erickson during a rebuild. They were trying to be competitive when they signed him. They weren't. And then they had to enter a rebuild. Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you. So then we move forward. What happens? Can we trade him? No, no one wants him. Why? Because it's a shit deal. And it's a shit player. Okay, but, so we just keep them when we play games. Uh-oh. But then there's cap space, which we could have used to acquire different players uh, that were on bad deals from other teams for more assets. We could have got a Patrick Marlowe and a Seth Jarvis. Couldn't do it. Why? Oh, because there goes cap space to Pat, to Louis Erickson. You, oh, <laughs> if you had other players besides Louis Erickson, which compounded with that issue, which the Vancouver Canucks did, then yes. But the Penguins have one player signed in 2025, and okay. it's Rust. One. And also... And also your point there was that the, the Canucks were trying to compete by signing Erickson. Pittsburgh's already competing. Their window is at the end, but they're trying to win. It's still open. Coming out of that, the Canucks have made the playoffs. Okay, right. So they're right? trying so to be competitive. Not to say that they weren't competitive. They were a, still a playoff team. Barely, right. but they were. But not for three years, like the Penguins yeah. are planning on being. To me, and here's the thing, for the longer term, you're right. As for, if this is the only one, who gives a shit? But it's also indicative of what you're thinking is moving forward. If you're using a bunch of 30-year-olds to that deal, I don't know. Right. No, there's if they no sign seven more players like this, then you're right. It, it would and be And you're bad, right, then it becomes a big if. To me, it's just that. It's indicative of what the thinking is, and it's we're in win now. And for sure, go after Sid and give Sid whatever you can to get another cup. But then there's those reports coming out. Okay, and here's another thing I'm thinking of with it. I don't mean to spend all this time on this because I didn't think we would. But with all the reports coming out now, dude, if it's more likely than not that Malkin leads, are you near? Are you as near competitive if Malkin leaves? No, yeah, but, but are you saying they need to rebuild? Well, I'm, I'm just sudden? going off of uh, who was the athletic reporter that reported that still? The Brian Russ contract? No, 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 no. That Malkin was more likely than not leaving. Oh, I didn't see that article. I did not see that. I can't see Malkin leaving. He said did before that I sent that to the I sent that to the chat. <laughs> like, did you? Oh, yeah. Well, if it was yeah, if it was over the past two days, I had no service. So no, I, I think it was like it. a week ago or something like that. But the guy oh. reported he's like, no, it's more like he did that they believe it's more likely than not that Malkin leaves. But I think Russ resigning for a team friendly deal is just indicative of what Pittsburgh is doing. They're like, if Pittsburgh wanted to go and rebuild, fine, then they wouldn't resign Russ. But they don't. Yeah. And Malkin said before that he wants to. 
come back and play in Pittsburgh. Like he's made that clear. And he's, Mm -hmm. there's been quotes of him saying he wants to, he will take a discount to play. And like, what is Ovechkin making for the next three years? Seven million bucks? Nine. Nine, right? Yeah. Is it nine? Yeah. Nine and a half, I think. Yeah. Oh, nine and a half. Okay. It's a lot higher, but like, I don't know. Resign Gino at seven and a half. I feel like Gino wants for a three bag, seasons. Though. I don't think you. I don't think he'll want to bag that uh-huh. much. I think I he know. wants, like you said, it's been. He's made his comments very clear. He wants to resign. Brian, let me ask you this. So your options are signing Rust for three years, the window that they think for eight million, his market value, or sign him for six years at five million, where you get under market value while you're being competitive and then slightly over market value, but still at a reasonable number when you're rebuilding. Does that not make more sense than not having him at all, which was clearly the other option. It's either sign him for three years at eight, limiting your options to sign Malkin and Latane and be competitive or do this, have the best chance to be competitive and have a good, like still not that bad rebuild or go rebuild now, which is not an option. Like it feels like that was the most reasonable thing of those three. No. My issue with that is that a lot of what I'm saying now and a lot of what we're all arguing is a lot of what ifs and how things move forward. Because if this deal means that you can resign Malkin, then I'll concede that, yes, this is the right move if you're able to keep Malkin and Tang. If you lose either of those guys, sorry, you should have gone three by eight. Well, But then you would have lost lose... either of those guys anyways. Yeah, if you lose if you guys, you did lose three by eight. Thing, but you did lose them. So it doesn't matter. You lost them either way. You should have taken the deal that was going to get you. Like You know what I mean? In I a guess, weird way, I, I think Latang probably should but... be gone because Latang is going to be the most expensive of the three of them. Let's summarize it up this and way. And he's the oldest. I think Latang probably, you know, should be gone because uh, I think we're getting we're too in 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 deep with us. Like, I'll summarize it like this. Touch on this. I'll summarize it like this. The Penguins and you two, the two of you both seem to be in agreement that they should still be going all in. That this is still all in as long as we have Sid and Malkin. Right. And where I'm standing in my thought process on it is that this was your last year to go all all in. And that now it should be, okay, maybe we try and do one of those competitive rebuilds where we start laying some of the groundwork for the rebuild. We try and stay competitive, but But now we're looking at do that. To me, it's more of, you know, maybe we get in as a wild card or the third in the division rather than try and be number one, number two. That and just keep it. I guess the third seed in one of the years they won a cup. Yeah, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and listen to arguments like that because the you get in and anything can happen is uh, again what has got my team into the current mess that they're in. So to me, what I would like my thoughts on where to go is try and stay kind of competitive, set some of the groundwork up moving forward, so that when Sid and them retire, you're really primed to just you know, okay, we're gonna be shipped for two years and then back into it because we've built that prospect pool back up. How awesome would it be if Penguins somehow like win the next, like the next Connor Bedard or something in the draft lottery, and then they just have the next guy? Yep, That'd be awesome. Anyhow, there's a draft thing I want to bring up later, but we're well, running out of time, so let's you know what? Okay, fuck yeah, this got... conversation. Let's go straight to yeah. draft. What's up? With we it? can table this. It's gonna happen later. Yeah. Oh, wow, there's sends I want to get on too because I I want to bring those lovely people back up. Holy, okay, did we ever draft. get a shit storm on Twitter for that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you want to do first, draft or sends? I mean, it's usually hand in hand talking about the same thing. So let's just start with the draft and then we'll talk about sense afterwards. Okay. Okay. Um, well, you know what? They do go hand in hand and that comes up to JT Miller that we want to bring up too. Um, oh man, I don't even know where to start. Okay. Let's go with the draft, I guess. Cause there's a couple interesting things. I don't, have you guys paid attention at all to this draft and the projections here or no? 
Not really. No, I did read like as a Leafs fan, I finally started getting over it. I realized I have a first round pick, so I started to read some stuff this weekend, but that's about it. Um, what do you oh. want to talk about? Maybe some trades going down or? Well, just... it, it's it's a very interesting draft in that it's not super strong. Right. Um, next year is the God draft. This one is just, it's not the it's worst. It's very it's top heavy best. next year, right? Isn't there like seven guys? Dude, are... it's top and deep. It, it runs extremely deep and it's like 2003, 2015-esque is what we're looking at next year. Jeez, eh? Um, so that's when I want, you know, that's when you want your picks. Anyhow, for this year though, like Shane Wright, who is our consensus first overall pick, didn't have the best year. I uh, was kind of slow to start, picked it up at the end. You know, draft, uh, if you want to peg him, it's kind of like, okay, maybe he's like a Bergeron player, maybe like Nuge. You know, it's it's a wide array, obviously, between Bergeron and Nuge. Um, he's got that defensive capability. This is where a lot of that Bergeron come, stylistic comparisons come up and being first overall. I think it's more likely like he's a stronger Nuge or like okay. a sheer, like kind of in that range where, you know, 70. Right. Not like an Eichel draft. McDavid draft, not a no. Matthews draft, but a Nuge no. draft. He'll still be a good player for sure. Yeah. And I think he's going to be a number one center in the NHL, but I don't think he's going to be that franchise player. I think he's an elite player. Maybe like a Matthew Shane skill level. He, no, not even Matthews. Down, down. Anyhow, anyhow. Oh, I see. I see. Matthew Shane? Matthew Shane. Duchesne. Matthews. No. Oh, oh yeah, I Matthew definitely heard Shane. Matthews too. Yeah. I, Matthews? Like, I said Matthew Shane, and you guys okay. were like, Yeah, no, maybe Duchesne, right? Anyhow, so that's our first <laughs> overall. Um, and then when we go down, what's interesting is that for our top ten, and we're seeing the ramifications of COVID on player development here as well. Um, is that after you know our first, I don't know, outside the top ten, there's a lot of talents who could be top ten talents viewed by some teams and not by others, um, which is where my Vancouver Canucks come in, right? To me, I think they should trade down. You tell me if they should trade. I don't know. You tell me if it makes sense. But there's a lot of guys who might be available at 15 who some teams will go, oh, he should be in the first round, but for whatever reason, or in the top 10, but for whatever reason, I've dropped. Uh, there's a Finnish guy, Brad Lambert. Um, he's dropped because his skating's not that great. And he was supposed to be this great, great player, and he's just not had a good draft year. Um, it goes on and on in that. And just these players who've missed a lot of development time as a result of COVID and they haven't been able to play out their abilities. Right. A so bunch of I players think, like that this year. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot of teams moving up because it's not a stronger draft who are going to be willing to give up a second round to go from somewhere like, you know, for example, like we said, 20, the late 20, mid late twenties to get up into that, you know, the Canucks 15th because of COVID and all that, because of the lack of player scouting and player development and all that over the last few years, well, they've just missed out on time. Right. So I exactly. think the perfect trade to me, and I've heard a lot with the uh, listeners, a lot of Canucks stuff is the Habs trading their second round pick, which is 33rd overall, the first pick in the second round, right. Trade up to the 15th overall with the Canucks, right. Make a splash, show off for your team and all your fans. Cause they're going to be in attendance where we start getting into the interesting stuff and we'll loop JT Miller into this because we've heard his name a lot. I think he's gone. Um, I think he is going to be traded at the draft. JT Miller at the draft. For a pick, maybe. A pick and a player. Well, the Devils have said that they're willing to trade the second overall pick. Do you trade second overall for JT Miller? I don't this year. I want next year's first round. Okay, let me ask you this. Stuart, Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. not a Canucks fan. Correct. Devils second overall pick offered to the Canucks for JT Miller. What would you do? Um, I don't know. That's tough because I don't know a super lot about the draft this season. The but projected it, second overall player is this uh, Slovakian 
I think he's Slovakian. Might be Czech. I'm pretty sure Slovakian. Jaroslav Slavovsky. I mm-hmm. hope I'm saying that right. Um, Miko Rantanen is the comparable I've seen, but God knows if he hits that right. Like that's, that's the big the, if. That's the thing I always have with drafts. Like when people are like trading draft picks and like that's an overpay or underpay. I find it hard to judge because it's shooting in the dark a lot of the yeah. time. Like you'll accidentally find someone amazing in the seventh round, and like your first round third overall pick turns into nothing. Like that's the gamble you take. I think with JT Miller, I'd probably want like a known prospect, like someone that you know would be good. But so probably not want, the second overall pick. Brian, what you want is the first next year because the draft next year is better. It's God to your next year. So to me, if I'm the Canucks, I look at my ideal trade partner for them and there's no way we'd get it is um, the Rangers. I think JG Miller would have been perfect, but they would have made it the next round if they, uh, or well, JG Miller would have been insane on the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. He so would have been great. He the been great. Request, I can't so believe they didn't do it. The previous reports is that the Rangers had offered um, their first round pick this year, Vitaly Kravtsov and Nils Lundqvist, a right shot defenseman, um, didn't play this year, but he'll be making it soon. Like he'll play next year. Who is a uh, puck moving slick defenseman? Um, you know, strong on both two A, but undersized, not as big physical. And the holdup was that the Canucks didn't want Longfist because they had enough of those defensemen. They wanted Braden Schneider, who I would love to have on my team. Right. Um, he's exactly you know if you get Braden Schneider, you have Quinn Hughes's partner for the next thirteen years. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. getting that player means to the Canucks. So, you know, just dropping crafts off out of the deal and Schneider and next year's first do it. Probably not. Like there's, you'd have to add if you're the Canucks or like, there's probably not, I don't know. Maybe there's just not a fit with Schneider. Maybe it's just straight up. We're not moving him. Um, but the reason I like the Rangers a lot is that that's a team to me who got hot this year. But the strength of that division is, is a team that could fall out of the playoff race next year. I could see them not making it. I guess they at the same time could look I at themselves the, like I could we could get better because every team in that division beside the Canes not that good next year. It's, Maybe it's getting worse. older. Yeah, well, I think they just wrote a hot hand with uh, Shosturkin this year, um, and that's someone who he's not going to play as. Do I think he's the best goalie in the league? And for this year, he was. And do I think he could be a top three goalie every year moving forward? Without a doubt, he could do what Lundqvist did to the Rangers for he all could. of the two thousands. Dude, I was watching a video today on how good Lundqvist was, and it's just. Did you like he had like I can't remember how many straight 30 win seasons and the Rangers never finished in the top 10 in scoring, which is insane to, for those two. Like they right. wrote this. I never realized how heavily they wrote that goalie. Well, it's a shame that he was playing during a, an era where advanced stats and expected goals weren't tracked, because from what I've seen, he is yeah. more he has more expected goals saved against than any goalie by like 50. I'm pretty he sure. more talk in the greatest goalie of all time debate. Like I'm, he I, got I might sound too much. So like, screwed. Like, I'm still so sad when he lost in the 2014 in the Cup final. I still really sad. I can picture him in the crease after that goal went in, just sulking because he was the only reason the Rangers even made the playoffs too. that year. And like, then he tried to come back with the heart, having to stop him. It's heartbreaking. It, it heartbreaking. really is. But yeah. to get back on track. Um, I, if I'm the Canucks, I move, I target next year's, but if you're looking at teams yeah. too, who you're trading Miller to, to me, you got to target teams that were like the Vancouver Canucks in that they're looking to speed up their rebuild or to get competitive faster. You target those teams because you could take advantage of them. They're going to be willing to buck up for a player like Miller. 
and they're going to be willing to give up premium assets. So list of teams, like I mentioned, the Devils. We know they want to be competitive. JT Miller would look mighty good next to Jack Hughes. We'll see. The Devils can't just keep on picking the top three every no, year. No, they can't. They, you know they have like, to at some point get good. They need a goalie is all it is. Like, that's such a good team. Like, if they get a goalie, they are poised, very well poised for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm convinced that all they need is that goalie. Looking around, though, too, at the other teams, I think Philadelphia is a team to look out for. We know that they're desperate to make it and that, for you know, they were terrible this year. Uh, 60 points, I think, is all that they got. They could do, they need to do better. Um, they have terrible GMs. So they won't. But that's a terrible GM who you can take advantage of. Coming back to my lovely friends in Ottawa, we know that Pierre Dorian is desperate to make the playoffs and save his job next year because they've deluded themselves enough into thinking that they can make the playoffs. They want a top six piece. Um, they said they were willing to moving the moving the seventh overall pick this year. Seventh for JT Miller in this draft. You need to add. Is it yeah. possible? For sure. Like there's potentially a fit there. I want to come back to the Ottawa Senators in a second. Um, but another team who I want to quickly mention was please Miller. be nice to them or else our Twitter is going to get locked I'll down get back, or something. I'll get back on them. with JT Miller is um, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be, a, I think, I think that's going to, you're going to hear a lot of discussions this off season. JT Miller to the Leafs. You think this is the Kyle's Dubas summer of Kawhi where he makes the big splash. I don't want to hear the Kawhi comparisons because it, like, it's not that much, but all in, but we know that they want a grittier piece in their top six. Right. JT Miller's gritty. We know they're considering moving John Tavares to the wing, and that most likely they will. And if they go get a piece, it's going to be a centerman. JT Miller plays center. It's Marner or Miller at center. I won't say either or, but you know, it kind of seems like that alternative is that maybe we move Mitch to center. Not a crazy idea. I think you can do it. Man, if you went out and got JT Miller, dude, half or fifty percent retained too at two point five mil. That's and then it's, nice. it also lines up perfectly. He's a UFA the year after the Leafs will clearly, if they yep. don't win, going to blow it the fuck up. Yep. And now that being said, how much does that affect JT Miller's trade value? Um, you know, that's kind of why I thought that they should have traded him at this year's deadline was to get a year and a half of JT Miller, two playoff runs out of him. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, like, dude, it's a 99 point player. You want to add a 99 point centerman to your team? Yeah, scrappy. <laughs> He's not great defensively, but goddamn it, if he isn't given it all every shift, like, well, what would you want, fit. like Sandine? Yeah, like well, I, I'd want Liljegren. That's the piece I'd want at first. I'd want Liljegren, and even then, I'd still want a little something added on there. I think if you get Liljegren, maybe like a prospect, not like a high end prospect, like Nyes, but a lower end prospect. And maybe the first in the in the draft this year, like their twentieth overall. Yeah, I like, could see that we, doing it. And that I'd would want, be exactly the shakeup the Leafs want. They just want a little gritty grittiness in their top six, right? Because they have grittiness in their bottom six. I don't need another Wayne Simmons or a Kyle Clifford. Mm-hmm. I need someone that's going to go up against their top players and hit them every single play. And you JT Miller is that guy. Simmons. Yeah, he is. You're talking and- me into this. JT Miller's gonna be it's, it does sound good, doesn't it? And we know that they had discussions. We know they had discussions this year. Reportedly, yeah, the, they did. Reportedly, the ask was a first, Lilligren and Nyes, and they were like, no way. Yeah, and, we can't and then do I that. The, and then there, I saw the stupid, saw the stupid Suns fans. You're gonna like those. I said the idiot Leafs fans. Uh, how about our first Engvall and Kerfoot? <laughs> yeah, we'll take your throwaways. Like, no, it's going to take premium assets. People that weren't willing to trade Topi Nimala. It's going to take something like that. It, 
That was the other ask. Was like true. Nima, Nima, Lilligren, and a first. It takes legitimate assets to get a legitimate player. You want a ninety-nine point player? You want someone who's outproduced Mitch Marner in the last two years? Yeah, I mean, pay up, pay up. It's going to be a bidding war. Now, coming back to our other beautiful fans in Northern Ontario, it takes a big man to admit when they're wrong. It does. That's true. Huge man. Not just a big man, a big person. Yeah, anyone. A lot of someone with a lot of ethics, morale. Oh, the pride that you have to forego, the humility that you have to embrace. Are you that big man? Oh, I am. So uh, I just want to see if Suns fans are because I'll be expecting their apology any day now in regards to them coming after me. (laughs) You're going to expect them to apologize. I thought you were going to do an apology. No, I'm right. I don't apologize for being right. Here's here's the new thing this week. So, you know, one after you guys last week for you're not making the playoffs. Here's it this week. Yeah, Suns fans got mad at us. We literally <laughs> said that they aren't going to make the playoffs and that we'll, we did call them the stupidest fan base in the NHL. So I could see how they got mad at that. I saw another tweet being like, where should we celebrate? Where, where's our, uh, you know, like Maple Leaf Square? Where's our Maple Leaf Square going to be? Where are all the Suns fans going to gather for the playoffs? Canada. Dude, I don't fucking know. The landscape's going to change a lot next time you make the playoffs. Buildings aren't going to be there that you are right now. So, you know, I saw a new development proposal uh, down in Lansdowne. So we'll see what happens, right? That being said, uh, this week, what I want to go after them for. Is, uh, <laughs> there's two things. And uh, Sense fans, you'll like the second half. You're going to hate me for the first half. As I saw a lot of discourse regarding uh, trading Shane Pinto for Kevin Fiala. That Sense fans weren't willing to move Pinto. It's still about this Fiala thing. Eh? The Sense fans good. are still trying to get Dude. Fiala. And like it, it does seem, I'll give credit. It does seem like there's enough smoke. That there's fire where there's. It, I believe there are discussions being had. Yeah, you wouldn't hear. There won't be this much about Fiala specifically. And you know, as we know, many needs to move that player. They need to move a lot of money. You, you need to. Okay, we we just said this was best or with uh, JT Miller. If you want a good player, you have to give up good players. Kevin Fiala put up 85 points this year. He had 33 goals and 52 assists in 82 mm-hmm. games, full season last year. 20 goals, 20 assists, 40 points in 50 games. The year before that, 23 goals, 31 assists, 54 points in 64 games. Hot take. He's good. Yeah. Dude, 85 Incredibly points. Incredibly cold is a take. Good player. <laughs> he's good. His value is Freezing. hot right now, too, dude. 85 points. This is a good hockey player. And he started slow this year. He did he not have on. a good start to the season. He can go God mode. You know, because really any can. player that Stewart put on his fantasy team at the start of the year, we're not doing well. Nope. Nope. Now here's Shane Pinto. Not to be credit, he's young, and he was injured. He's 21. This is a second-round pick. 32nd overall. That's the first now. A second-rounder, though. Last 2020-2021, he had 12 games. He had one goal, six assists, seven points in 12 games. Good start. This year, he played only five. Only five games. He was injured the rest of the year, and he only had one assist. So... One five games is not enough of a sample size to uh, judge a player, and I think Shane Pinto is going to be have a strong NHL career. He's going to play a long NHL career, and he'll be a productive NHL player. Shane Pinto's best NHL season will be less than Kevin Fiala's eighty-five point season. Book it. Book it now. I'm going to be wrong on that. I, do I think that Shane Pinto will ever be more than a point per game player? No. I think he maxes out at a strong second line center. Uh, and don't get me wrong, a strong second-line player is amazing to have. You need to have that to win a cup. But if you want a good player like Kevin Fiala, pay up. That's what it costs. Pay up. And since fans go in that, it's nowhere, you know, 
Pinto is way too important. Dude, you need to add on top of Pinto for Fiala. Are you kidding me? I do have Hopefully. to say, though, like for every one Sens fan that does say this, there's another Sens fan texting me saying, what the fuck? I don't mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. So no, I do want to apologize to the Sens fans that are smart. Hey, 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 not coming at you. All we're saying is that your team fucking sucks and it's not going to get much better anytime soon, respectfully. No, either be patient and realize you're not going to make the playoffs if you want to keep Pinto um, and slow it down. Take your time or, or trade your prospects. Get super aggressive and trade your prospects for more than just one piece because you need more than just Kevin Fiala. Like, here's another you one too. Need, I remember need a goalie of, of stupid sense <laughs> fans. I remember you need a goalie. You need a goalie. You need defense. Like, I remember when the CC for Zaitsev trade happened and there were sense fans going, We won the trade. Zaitsev's way better than Oh, CC. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah, dude. How's that going? How, how's Nikita Zaitsev doing on your team? You having fun? Is he good? Did you win that trade? No, you didn't. You lost that. You got Connor Brown, Braden. No one won that. Yeah. I I mean, to be fair, Sens might have actually won that trade. CC sucks. Lease won that trade. CC's gone. It was all about the length. Did they extend him? Did they extend CC or is that just. No, they had to sign him because of arbitration. Right. And then gave him an extra 500K just because. Okay. So you were forced into bringing him back for one additional year and then you let him go. Yeah. Okay. Even then, you got to have how many years in Nikita Zaitsev's deal? Six. How many is that right now? Is it like three years? It's four years. I forgot it was that bad. Yeah. Well, it's because Alou Lamorello signed him and Marlo within like two days of each other. Quits. Says, here you go, Kyle. Clean up my mess. Anyways, Kyle did clean up the mess. And Sens fans, you are going to get better. And it's going to be a great playoff for you guys watch in 2026. One day, Zaitsev has... Okay, and he has two seasons after this left. Oh, okay. There we go. But still, you have two seasons of $4.5 million Nikita Zaitsev to go along with. Here's the rest of their defense. Okay, so they got Shabbat. Amazing. Deserves more recognition as one of the best defensemen in the NHL. I don't know anyone else who could play 30 minutes, but at the points he does uh, with the players that he plays with. He's a fantastic hockey player. Then you got Nikita Zaitsev. Oof. Travis Hamnick, for whatever reason, that they made that trade. Oof. Oh, I forgot that happened. Artem Zub. Zub is filthy. I love Artem Zub. Good player. Michael Delzato. <laughs> they're paying him two million dollars now they also sent him down so he's not on the team next year but that's too you know or... how is he in the nhl still like not that good. guy he, he wasn't he was i did Bell, not know he was he... on a team do you remember the the lisa and michael delzato stuff no wipe from my memory he was uh he was like dm and lisa and all the time being like can you set me up with these people and she was like dude like you're a professional hockey player like <laughs> i'm lisa Ann, why are you coming to me as your uh you know, as your wingman, essentially. And then she, like, called him out online, embarrassed him. It was really funny. Awesome. Anyhow, so they caught that guy on the team. Um, Nick Holden, like, okay, whatever. Victor Mete, uh, good waiver claim. Unfortunately, he doesn't look like he's going to turn out to a player that, I, you know, I thought he was, but I thought it was the right move to pick him up. Jake Sanderson, that guy's going to be an elite NHL defenseman. And then Eric Brandstrom, who I still think has time to recover, but... They are destroying his development and not giving him enough ice time. Yeah. You know, there's... I mean, I don't want to go too far deep into Ottawa's defensive depth chart. No, but there's a lot of work to be done on that decor, is my point, if you want to make the playoffs next. Like, that's your immediate next year. Like, you need another top four defenseman who's good, and that means moving money out. Um, Though, I want to redeem myself right now quickly and come to the defense of Suns fans. Suns fans, you're going to like this. 
I said last week that I think Brady Kachuk is the most electric captain in the NHL. I think he's an all-star. I think he's a rock star. I asked, why didn't he have a beer sponsorship yet? And Budweiser Lo came and behold. to the task. Lo and behold. He and works for Budweiser? He works for Budweiser now. Yeah, he's selling shit. Yeah. Not do you? Do I work for Budweiser? Yeah, you ha- had insider information, apparently. You said it. No, I'm working on sponsorships. I'm going to have to cut this oh, okay. now. Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> um, my final piece I just want to say is that, you know, we assume what an electric person Brady has been at with the Flames games, wearing a Brady Kachuk friendship tour and cheering his brother on. Yep. And there's been a lot of stuff, you know, I've seen online with media and going, oh, is it okay that he's cheering his brother? Is this okay? And it's just drumming up a lot of needless drama that right. for some reason he shouldn't be cheering for his brother. That makes me so mad. And I've seen some yeah, takes on being like, being like, if it was my team and I saw him doing that, I'd be pissed off. You should only support my team. Sense fans, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. For as much discourse as I've seen online with all of this stuff, I have not seen a single Sense fan actually upset with Brady Kachuk. Every single one has been like, no, he's supporting his brother. It shows how much he likes the playoffs and how much he wants to bring the playoffs to Ottawa. You know, three he's years. He signed long term in Ottawa. Dude, he signed long term too. Like, there's no issue with worrying with that. If anything, Matthew's the one who's got the contract negotiations coming up. Yeah, he might be signing. He might be the one that Ottawa is missing. Yeah, he'll be on the Senators next year. Career. Fiala, Kachuk, and Kachuk. Stutzel in the second line. Look out. But uh, Sens fans, like, no, like, credit where credit's due. You guys support Kachuk immaculately. Um, and I'm yes, happy that there isn't anyone being stupid with that. There's some stupid trade stuff and there's some stupid playoff stuff, but you support your players. But we draw the line at Brady Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that does it for hockey talk. Wow. Look at us go. Got a lot out of us. We don't even need Ty. <laughs> There's big, sexy lips. They are good looking lips. And that about does it for episode seven of Loose Change Podcast. Everyone that was looking for BLC, do we have time for that? Braden, do you want to tease it for next week? or? Um, folks, honestly... Updates to this week here. We'll give a quick one down. One on, one okay. on our date, as uh, we had previously established last week. Yep. Um, not the best vibes. I don't know if we're going to do a second one. We'll see. Maybe we'll see if there's anything. Yeah. But you got to go with the vibes. So I don't think I don't think there's anything there. Um, speaking of people's sense, no, uh, nothing on the horizon. Unfortunately, we're feeling a little bit lonely this week. So, ladies, please enter my DMs. Uh, DMs are company. open. DMs are always open. DMs are open. Um, sense fans, stay out of them though. <laughs> uh, you that, can come in them sense fans i just don't want shit like uh before <laughs> that does it for episode seven of the loose change podcast thank you so much for joining us brayden the outro um you know what i just want to say thank you um it's nice it's nice having you people come back every week and listening to our voices and our opinions just remember yeah. um just like your heroes you apologize when you need to Yep. Um, and don't apologize when you're in the right. Never. And practice safe sex. Yeah. Always do that. Well, except for uh, when you don't want to. 